what's happening right now is difficult. But again, I find my peace within and also in my beautiful forest, which I've got next to my house. I walk in my forest every single day with my dog Shanti. And that's where I feel at peace. So it's similar, actually. Um, I was thinking about it the other day that uh, it reminds me when I was younger, I was doing the same thing, finding peace in nature. And now I am doing the same thing. So I'm trying not to get trapped in the current situation and be angry about it because it is what it is. I don't like it. But um, I definitely find peace in nature. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast, the show that helps crack open your heart and inspire a deeper regard for your own well-being and happiness. Proudly brought to you by 28 Essentials, here's your host, the gorgeous Kim Morrison. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast. This week, I have gorgeous Gosha Kuzhevsky with us. She is a dynamic and in-demand naturopath who simply loves life and people. She's truly committed to her patience to achieve the best possible outcome. You are going to love this interview with her today. She actually achieved her degree in naturopathy down at the Southern School of Natural Therapies nearly 25 years ago, and she is helping people with all various health conditions from cancer through to anxiety. Her speciality in love is live blood analysis and supporting healing on a cellular level, which allows her to understand the underlying cause of health problems. What I love about Gosha is her absolute passion also around detoxification and elimination. And you will hear today how simple and easy she makes it sound in order for you to live your life at your best. Gosha loves nature, surrounding herself with positive, inspiring people, spending time with her partner, Armando, cooking yummy dishes and walking in the forest or the beach with her dog, Shanti. She's a mum of two grown-up gorgeous girls, Maya and Emma, who she deeply loves and adores. And above all, as you'll hear in this podcast, one of Gosha's favourite loves is to serve and help others. So get your pen and paper ready, sit back and enjoy this beautiful soul and make sure you follow her at the detoxhouse.com.au. That's detoxhouse.com.au. Please place your comments and feedback on my Instagram page, Kim Morrison and the number 28, or my Facebook page, Kim Morrison Training, or of course, you can go to thewellnesscouch.com forward slash self-love podcast. And can I just thank every single one of you for your five-star rating. It really does help me to boost people to find this beautiful podcast and all the incredible interviews and souls that I am so blessed to interview for you each week. Take care, be kind, and enjoy the show. I am absolutely delighted and beyond excited to invite onto the Self Love Podcast this week the beautiful Gosha Kozhevsky. She is a beautiful friend, as you can hear, an amazing naturopath and someone who I really do look up to, who walks her talk. She is funny. We laugh a lot whenever we catch up. And I am so excited to share her story with you this week. Welcome, you beautiful soul. Thank you so much for having me, Kim. I'm really excited. 
oh, look, I've been dying to do this. I've known you for a long time. I've watched your work. You are a superstar in the naturopathic world. But before we get into that, perhaps you could give us a brief background, where you're from, your upbringing, give us a little insight into who you are and what led you to doing what you're doing today. Sure, I would love to do that. So I was born in Poland and I came to Australia when I was 19. And my mom at the time was living in Melbourne. So I came just for a few weeks to visit her, but never got back to Poland. And it's been now 36 years since I've been to, uh, in Australia. Beginnings in Australia when it were not so easy and um, because I didn't know English and I had no friends and I couldn't go anywhere without the car. So I felt a bit trapped. And um, living in Poland was harsh and difficult, but I felt familiar in Poland. And here I felt out of place. So I really believe that my pretty strong character and that massive gratitude I always have with me um, comes from that upbringing, uh, living in Poland. Because in Poland, um, it was communism. Uh, we had cold winters. There was lots of strict rules and um, lack of freedom. And I have to say that freedom means everything to me. I'm really, I'm having a really hard time dealing with rules and restrictions and anyone who is trying to stop me, I don't, I really don't like that. So I've been like that since I remember, even as a child, my parents knew that you just could not stop me. When I decided to do something, I would just go for it. And now I feel the same as an adult. So as a young girl, I remember spending a lot of time in our huge garden we had next to our house. And I loved climbing trees. And I remember sitting on the highest branch possible, uh, eating cherries and spitting, um, you know, pits and um, watching the world pass by. And that's where my love for nature started. I just loved being surrounded by birds and nature and fruit trees. And I felt free. I felt that I could do anything. And um, when I was growing up in Poland, we were poor. We didn't have much. But the life was really simple. And people were growing on food and they were uh, preparing food. They were cooking at home. There was no... Um, fast food outlets or nothing was processed, nothing was packaged. Um, so that's how I grew up. And that's, that's basically um, what I remember. And that's what I love most, um, this, this really down-to-earth, natural lifestyle. It almost sounds idyllic. And yet what you're also describing is the harshness of it, the rules, the strictness, the cold, the poor. Are you saying to me then that freedom comes from within and being in nature? Like for many people, they would think those living conditions were hell until you started talking about the trees and the fruit. Exactly correct. Yes. So uh, living in Poland was harsh. The parents were strict, the teachers were strict and 
you know, it was gray and it was dark and very windy in winter, very cold. And but then the nature was my outlet. And uh, only absolutely in, in summer you could do that. But uh, for me, that's where I felt free and I felt unstoppable. <laughs> you think your nature, and here's an interesting question where I always sort of go back to, is it nurture, is it nature? Your parents were strict and yet you were very free. <laughs> yeah. Is there something about that was always in you and you fought them for that or was it more that they brought out more of that in you? I believe that I was born like that <laughs> because I also see it in my daughter who was determined always since she was little exactly the same way. And I believe that I always had that inner strength or also looking at, the, at, at life from different perspective. I love to research. I like to be open-minded. I like to uh, look for second opinion or second point of view, different point of view. And I believe that the more the parents try to... Um, restrict that <laughs> the more I wanted to be free and I wanted to be open and um, do my own thing it's so, almost like they push you into it don't they it's almost yeah. parents don't realize the more they resist the more someone like you persists right absolutely and my mom she was a nurse and she was a very uh, not, not super strict, but she always wanted to do what she was told and she was going to the church and she was a very good, good person. So she didn't like her daughter to look like any Lennox with short hair and colored in red. You know, I did that at some point. She didn't like her daughter to be different, wearing pants and smoking cigarettes, you know, like I was different. I was... Um, not conform conforming. I was. I didn't like school. I didn't like the rules. I didn't like attending in communistic party marches and things like that. So I always felt that I was different in that way. Do you think then in today's world, and I want to come back to your family and things like that, but then I, I just have to ask you up front, how are you coping in today's world with so many rules, regis legislations, and things in place that are forcing us into doing things that literally are taking away our freedoms. Yes, it's it's very difficult. Um, what's happening right now is difficult. But again, I find my peace within and also in my beautiful forest, which I've got next to my house. I walk in my forest every single day with my dog Shanti. And that's where I feel at peace. So it's similar, actually. Um, I was thinking about it the other day that uh, it reminds me when I was younger, I was doing the same thing, finding peace in nature. And now I am doing the same thing. So I'm trying not to get trapped in the current situation and be angry about it because it is what it is. I don't like it. But um, I definitely find peace in nature. Well, I think there's a really good lesson in that for us all, that there is only peace within us, no matter what is happening on or for or to us or around us. So I'd love to ask you then, 
with your beautiful character and with your determination and your focus and your desire to be different, knowing you loved nature so much, can we go back then a little bit as to then after you were here in Australia for a while, you obviously had to learn English. When did your love of natural medicine come into play? That is a good question. I would love to talk about that because it all started with me trying to deal with my acne, (laughs) with my skin problems. So um, I came to Australia when I was 19. I was learning English and then I had problems with my skin. So my mom took me to the local GP and the doctor prescribed antibiotics. And I was delighted because the antibiotics really helped and my skin cleared. However, when I stopped taking antibiotics, the acne came back and I had the same problem. So I thought, okay, we'll do another round. I took it again and the same thing happened again. So I did this a few times and then I had problems with my tummy taking the antibiotic for quite a while. And I thought, "Mm, I don't want to keep doing this. This doesn't make sense to me. So I started reading and researching. We didn't have internet at that time, but there was a local library and I was studying English. So I was um, borrowing books about herbs and about digestion and the foods and gluten and um, how everything works. And I was just fascinated with all of that. And I thought, wow, we can heal from within. This is amazing. So that's how I already was um, leaning towards natural medicine because that's how I was brought up. However, uh, reading more about, understanding more about um, human physiology and how everything works led me to the path to study naturopathy. And I did that for five years. I was studying in Melbourne at the Southern School of Natural Natural Therapies, and I got my degree there. So, yeah, I really, although I was studying day and night, day and night, because my English wasn't that great, I remember being so immersed in it and loving it so much that um, it really didn't feel that much like an effort. I was definitely in a flow, and now I know that What I'm doing is my mission in life is my path. It's my destiny because I love, um, you know, 25 years later after getting that degree that I still equally love researching and um, diving into information and trying to understand the problems deeper. So it's still happening 25 years later. It's just beautiful and you are certainly someone who is very passionate about our health and wellness. Talk to us a little bit then as a mum, you have two beautiful daughters. What was that like then being able to apply all of these tools and these beautiful, for want of a better word, ancient modalities and traditions and culture and herbs and medicines? How did you find that as a mum? Was that a real bonus to you? Did you find it hard to watch what other mums thought they had to do? Was there any kind of conflict in what you were watching and witnessing and doing? Well, it was definitely a bonus to have two little guinea pigs and to try on them all the different herbs. (laughs) 
I would read about, let's say, echinacea, how good it is, and then ask my little Maya and say, come, honey, I will give you some herbs to try. And I will put it straight into her mouth and um, she would run away from me. So I was testing on them and giving them herbs. I never vaccinated my children. I never gave them antibiotics. I don't remember taking them to the doctor. Um, so I was basically uh, treating them myself using all sorts of different natural remedies. And when they had a fever, I would just use uh, cold sponge and vinegar, old home remedies. And um, I remember that I wasn't panicking uh, when they were uh, sick. And I just felt that I knew what I was doing. Uh, and just um, I wasn't really in conflict with other people. I just was very strong minded that that's what I want to do with my children. I really believed that those um, natural methods are uh, what I need to do apply for my children and um, as I said I, I was fighting actually for them not to be vaccinated because my uh, the father and my mom and all my friends and everybody I knew was saying that I'm crazy what am I doing I have to vaccinate them but I was very strong-minded and I just thought no I read about it I know that I just don't agree with that and um, I didn't. So I'm actually feeling very good about that now because now we have all this information. We've got documentaries. We've got interviews. We've got books. We've got forums to explain all the details about it. But back then, 25 years ago, there were only books at the library. So I think I've done pretty well. Very well. Can you tell us then with your knowledge and research so many people would say, how can you say vaccination is not good when the first argument I'll always hear is polio. You'll hear how measles has done these things, that the vaccine has helped stop these diseases, uh, chicken pox, they reckon. What is your thoughts then? Why, what was your belief to believe that they're not the best thing? It's a very good question. I believe that we all have very magnificent basically body. We've got magnificent body and very good immune system if we take care of our body. Our body is designed to fight diseases, to cope with all the viruses, bacteria, all the pathogens. And if we look after body pretty well, the body is perfectly capable of dealing with all the different um, you know, uh, microbes and pathogens we are faced with. So I was always taking care of myself and my children. I was using homeopathics and I was using herbs. And I was uh, still now, I have 100% uh, strong belief that our immune system is very capable and we don't need to inject anything into our body in order to make it better or to replace that. Plus also, I've seen quite few mums with children who were injured by the vaccines. And uh, when you see someone in front of you, you see the mother and she says, well, my child changed after having a vaccine. And the mom always knows. Um, so 
I just knew that that wasn't the right thing for my children. And look, it's a personal choice for everyone. Uh, this was my choice. So uh, like with everything, we have to make our, the best decision for us. And that was the best decision for my children. Today then, mothers uh, and parents are being really forced to make decisions and conform with a belief that vaccination, a new vaccination at that, is the best thing ever. I know this is a controversial topic and I know that everyone has their opinion and I'm neither for nor against. I'm just totally open. But I'd love to hear your viewpoint then on why you would be hesitant with this COVID-19 vaccination series. Oh, that is a very tricky subject, isn't it? Because um, the world is really divided right now. And I really don't like that. I don't like that, um, you know, we're losing friends and family members because they have different views. Uh, I don't like that. However, I like to speak my truth. And when you're asking me question why I would be hesitant, I have to say that uh, I've seen enough people with side effects after having the vaccine here in my office that I can clearly say that I am totally against, against it based on what I've seen here. I had young girls who are bleeding after having the vaccine and they've been bleeding for a month and they don't know why. It's a new situation. I've got last week, I had a young man who is an athlete, who is a professional soccer player, and he's got heart injury. He can't even go upstairs right now. That's his heart is, um, uh, you know, injured. He's got myocarditis. And every single week, I'm having people here coming with injuries after having the vaccine. And they are going to the doctors um, questioning, saying, look, I had this vaccine. This is what happened to me. And the doctors are completely denying it. This uh, particular um, guy who um, had myocarditis, he went to his doctor and the doctor said, oh, this is just anxiety. It's nothing wrong with you. So this guy said, look, I never had anxiety in my life. I'm not anxious person. This happens right after having the second vaccination. So I research this subject a lot because I like researching. I like to get into the bottom of the things and what happens and uh, what exactly is in the vaccine and how it affects us. And um, I think it's really playing a Russian roulette here. It's really... Um, you know, risky to take the vaccine. Plus also, as I said before, in relation to my children, uh, the same thing applies that I believe that our immune system is incredibly smart and perfectly equipped to deal with viruses. We don't need to inject any, um, you know, um, vaccines or anything into our body to protect us. And what really irritates me is that not many people are talking about boosting immune system, uh, connecting with nature, taking vitamin D, uh, spending time in the sun, 
um, taking zinc or ivermectin or hydrochloroquine or any of those things which are proven to work, we don't hear that. Um, and I don't understand why. I mean, I've got my theories why, but overall, uh, we don't hear that. So, you know, people follow because people want to want this this whole uh, pandemic to be over. So people just say, okay, we'll get the vaccine and everything will will be better. But it doesn't seem that way. It's um, it's much much more complicated than that. And I think it's very challenging for people because, like you say, I think you've hit the nail on the head. We just want it to be over, get better, and go back to what things were. But I think we can all safely say things will never be the same. So knowing that, I want to use you as an analogy. Your life was never the same again when you left Poland and made the decision to stay in Australia. What are some things that you could teach us to embrace, to adapt to and go with the flow and maybe even, you know, stand up for what we believe in, right or wrong, different or indifferent, I'm not asking for opinions here. I'm just asking, what would you advise us with your knowledge on how to really live in the moment, really live with peace in our heart? Look, living in the moment and living in the presence is the most important thing and also living with gratitude. I've learned to appreciate everything so very much that it's my constant companion. Gratitude is always with me. And I believe that that's what helps me in difficult situations. Like currently, my daughters live in Perth and I can't see them. And I really don't know when I'm going to see them. So it's difficult. It's only three of us here. I don't have my parents. My brother is in Poland. Um, and so it's always been three of us. And now we are separated. So instead of deep despair that I cannot see my children, I am actually full of gratitude that I've got two beautiful girls who are studying, who are having beautiful partners, who are healthy. I'm grateful that my life is beautiful living here in Australia, that every day I can see blue sky and I can walk in a forest. And yes, the situation is not ideal, of course. But I apply that gratitude to every situation. Even if I don't like it, I still always try to find something positive because there is always something we can find. Even the fact that we're waking up and breathing (laughs) is already uh, something to be grateful for. So when I walk in my forest, I always, always list my all my things I'm grateful for. And often I've got deep tears and, um, you know, the gratitude sometimes is overwhelming. And that's what I would, um, I don't know if you can advise someone or just share that with others, that that's what really can, can help you to stay um, on top of things, to be grateful no matter what situation we're in, just to appreciate everything. They also say that with a huge attitude of gratitude and with beautiful breath work and being in nature, that we actually stimulate the parasympathetic nervous system, that we put ourselves into rest and digest, that we actually stimulate beautiful hormones that calm 
and keep us relaxed and happy and don't increase our stress hormones. As a therapist, stress is supposedly one of the highest um, contributors to disease and illness. In your practice, what are some of the most common disease or illnesses that you are confronted with? Oh, look, um, majority of my clients are cancer patients. So I deal a lot with cancer because my mom died of cancer. So um, I understand that subject very well and it's very uh, close to my heart. But also you're asking me what is the most commonly seen condition and that must be anxiety. Anxiety, depression and stress leads to so many other problems. And so I see even children are being anxious. Um, people uh, who are, the, I see all sorts of different people all, at all different ages. And it seems like so many people can't sleep and they can't uh, live their lives because they are feeling really anxious. They were anxious before and now because due to current situation, that anxiety is even even more pronounced. So I um, I'm not a psychologist, but uh, I love people and I love uh, assisting them and feeling empathetic and understanding their situation. So although I don't have professional training as a counselor, I've learned over the years to help people with anxiety. And also what I do, you, you know about this, that I am using um, medical cannabis. And that seems to really help people uh, with anxiety, with uh, lack of sleep, with aches and pains, inflammation, because those problems lead to digestive problems and lowered immunity. So our, our body is all connected. Everything is like a chain reaction, whatever is happening in our body. So if someone is anxious, that means that they cannot digest the food properly. So, yeah, I would say anxiety is the biggest thing. One of the interesting things I've learned with anxiety is that you actually learn it rather than have it. It's, and this is, I guess we're getting into psychology here, but it's actually something that we learn and then embrace and then practice and master. I remember beautiful Karen Smith saying, you can choose to have anxiety and depression or not. And having been someone with anxiety and depression, I hear that from her. I personally haven't had it. So are there any herbs or what would you recommend because I'm sure in today's age, many people are worried or anxious about the future. We're not sure where this is all heading. We don't know when we're ever going to see your two beautiful daughters over in Perth. We don't know when I personally am going to get back to New Zealand. Like, what would you say would be some great protocols, maybe herbs or ideas on how to reduce stress, anxiety, and maybe even depression? Yes, um, the easiest thing is to basically connect with nature. I think it's nature is free to everyone and it's um, available to us at all times and it's very relaxing. For many of us, we do not realize just how potent and healing nature is. 
So talk to us, you know, there's that beautiful um, oh, Shinrin Yoku, which is forest bathing, a Japanese ritual. And it's something that has always captured my heart. And you living next to a forest and bathing in all her magnificence. We do underestimate the power of nature, being at the beach, walking on grass, understanding sitting under a tree, feeling a river or a stream on our feet. All of these things do amazing things to the body. Could you tell us or do you know exactly what happens on a physical or biomechanical level, physiological level, what happens to us when we're in nature? I can only speak for myself what happens to me when I'm in, surrounded um, by nature. I feel different. I feel uplifted and I feel calm and peaceful. I, I actually smile straight away when I'm in the forest. I hear beautiful birds and I can see butterflies. And it's just this amazing, beautiful um, environment which makes you feel good. You feel connected. You feel that nothing is a problem. And I guess when people are feeling stressed, anxious, in my opinion, that would be the most important um, place to to visit if it's a beach or if it's a forest or if someone lives far away from nature let's say in apartments in a city i would encourage them to have plants at home and to uh, watch beautiful things like david's uh, david attenborough beautiful uh, documentaries or in any way even imagining beautiful um plants and and birds and listen to beautiful sounds that is incredibly peaceful to us and um i do this as you said bath bathing <laughs> in my forest every day i never miss a day even if it's raining or very windy i don't care i'm always there uh, in the morning and then later on after i finish with my clients i go there again and then I go on the weekends and um, I, it just makes me feel amazing. It, my, I know that my vibration is uh, increased in, and then I'm in this constant state of gratitude, observing the nature. And um, yeah, I think that everybody would benefit from that. So true. So simple, yet so true. And it's free to all of us. It's free. It's available. It's pleasurable. It's easy. So I always encourage everyone because we always looking for this uh, expensive supplement or therapy or intravenous injections with some vitamins, all those amazing different things. But hey, let's just start with nature first. Take the shoes off, connect with the ground, observe the nature, stay in the moment. And that itself is relaxing. It's such good practice to also bring us into the very present moment. Nature has an incredible ability to provide us with all things. And you spoke very briefly of medical cannabis just before, but not many people know much about it. Could you tell us what you've experienced with this amazing herb and how you're using it in your practice? Look, I came across uh, cannabis specifically uh, CBD oil, probably four years ago. And before that, I was thinking that it's an illegal drug. <laughs> mm. 
And then when I've learned how potent it is, how beneficial it is, how good it is for us to calm our nerves and um, uh, that it has all these amazing properties, I really started to appreciate it and recommend to all my clients. And um, it's still not very clear if it's legal or not legal, but to be honest with you, as I said, I if I want to do something, I don't like rules, especially the rules which are which don't make any sense. It's an absolutely harmless um, remedy, and it's so good to us that I have no um, problems prescribing and using it myself and giving to my children again. So um, the the feedback I had from my clients has been so incredible that I can easily say that out of everything I've used so far in my 25 years of practice, this has been the most powerful remedy I had in my hands. So it's, um, you know, as I said, it's great for anxiety. It's excellent for cancer, even when people are going through uh, chemotherapy when they're feeling nauseous or they um, trying to rebuild the system after chemotherapy or for inflammation conditions like arthritis or skin problems or um, seriously any any problems and, and, and mostly digestive issues. I have been people taking uh, oil for um, let's say anxiety. And then they come back to me and saying, well, I feel so much more relaxed. I'm sleeping better. And now my digestive system suddenly works better. So as I said, everything is connected in our bodies. So if we relax the nervous system, then the digestion is working better. Immune system is stronger. Uh, it has very strong anti-inflammatory action. So it has so many different benefits. And because we do have um, cannabinoid receptors in our cells, it's very easily assimilated uh, to our cells. The cells already are uh, made up to accept that oil, very different to supplements. The supplements are um, they good, they're important, they play important role but they're not as pure and not as easily available as uh, the cannabis oil is. It's incredible, and there's so much research going into it now. I know at nighttime I love to put the CBD oil on my feet with some magnesium as my little ritual. Um, you've also provided it to me to take under my tongue. It doesn't taste the nicest, I'll mm -hmm. say that to you, but I certainly have found it's helped more with my sleep and being calm. There is no doubt. And I do think we over, or should I say underestimate, just how powerful uh, medicine from nature is. And after all, that's where all medicine originally started, was from nature. Um, and I know that emergency medicine and there's some incredible medicines that can certainly help many people through many issues and conditions. But I truly love your approach to knowing that the body can heal and the body has the power and capacity. So I'd love to check in with you then. As a beautiful naturopath, 
some one of your other specialties is live blood analysis. Mm. Now, I saw that firsthand when I was staying at Guangana and I had a naturopath do a live blood analysis. I could not believe what I saw on the screen. <laughs> could you explain to everybody what it is and how you use it as a therapeutic diagnosis? Yes, I would love to. This is my favorite subject. I specialize in live blood analysis and I love looking into the blood and because I've got I love attention to details and uh, getting into the root of the problem. This little microscope, which I've got next to me here, is helping me to do that. So the live blood analysis is a really interesting tool uh, because uh, what we're doing here is that I take one drop of the blood, so it's just a finger prick, and then we put the sample under the microscope, which has camera attached to it, and that image is then relayed to the, micro to the computer on a big screen. And together uh, with my patient, we can observe the blood on the screen. And that's exactly what you said when you had your test done. It's fascinating to see red and white blood cells and different little bits and pieces floating there. And um, they all mean different things. And what I found really um, exciting about that test, it's very visual. We're looking at sample of blood which was just taken from the patient. And as the blood is still alive, we're still looking into it. Um, and I find this incredibly interesting. And it gives me a lot of information because as we know, the red blood cells are distributing oxygen through the body. And oxygen is everything to us. Every cell in our body relies every, on oxygen, every organ, every action in the body needs oxygen. So obviously the more oxygen it flows through our body, the better our health. So this is a way to check in, hey, let's see how is your oxygen supply today. <laughs> and um, very often I see the blood which is very congested, meaning that the red blood cells form like, um, it's called rouleau which are like, a, mm, sometimes people say, oh, it looks like, like a worm. It looks like a spiral. They all uh, co get congested. And that simply means that the blood, the oxygen flow is not that great, that the oxygen flow is uh, limited. And that would lead to many problems. Uh, so obviously cancer is a big issue because cancer cannot survive in a well-oxygenated environment. Mm. And also anxiety is um, deprivation of oxygen. So checking how, how that person is uh, oxygenated, how well the, the red blood cells are working is really crucial. And I love to compare uh, this test in every con consultation. So we take the sample on the first initial consultation. Then we're talking about uh, lifestyle changes, relaxation, breathing, movement, um, nutritional changes, eliminating certain things which contribute to congestion. And then obviously different uh, natural herbs and supplements. 
And then the person is making those changes and comes back after three or sometimes four weeks. It depends on the person. And then we're doing the test again. So it's a really good uh, thing to do because we can have another look and, and check how uh, the oxygen is uh, being distributed after the person made those changes. So I absolutely love the test. I think what's so potent and powerful about it is that you can see for yourself in front of you here and now, like you said, a live look into your state of health right in that moment with someone that's specialised. And it certainly opened my world and you are one of the queens in this area. <laughs> do you, and is it possible then in this day and age for you to do Zoom um, calls and consultations? But I guess you wouldn't be able to do the live blood in those situations. No, no I can't. Like I, I do lots of Zoom calls, appointments online. I've got patients from around the world. But um, yeah, here I need to have the sample. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and there are some practitioners who are doing dry uh, live, uh, not live then, uh, dry blood analysis, but um, I don't do that. So mm. um, yeah, I need to have the patient here with me. Yeah, well, they just have to visit the Sunshine Coast. That's all there is to it. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, sweetheart, one of the things you were talking about when you said about instigating changes of lifestyle, maybe movement, breathwork, nutrition, but one of the other things you mentioned was elimination. And I'm curious to know your point of view around detoxification. One of the most powerful, I guess, pathways of the body is our ability to detox. Do you suggest any sort of things that are powerful? Hello, Shanti. Are there any things that are really specifically powerful that we can do on a daily basis to help us detox? Absolutely. Detoxification is uh, another of my favorite subjects. And I absolutely love talking about it. So let's dive into that. Um, look, the most important organ of detoxification is the liver and our lymphatic system as we know it. So um, everybody who came to see me knows already that I'm always talking about de detoxing the liver. And I also see this on the um, live blood uh, tests that the liver is absolutely uh, congested and we need to clear it. So first of all, when we're talking about uh, detoxification, we have to take care of, first of all, of what we put into our mouth, because there is no point of taking herbs or supplements or doing anything else uh, if we are eating wrong foods. So uh, the foods uh, which contain gluten or dairy products or processed foods and sugars, uh, anything which congests our body, which is difficult to digest, needs to be eliminated. So I'm a strong believer in living foods, in vegetables and um, fruit and seeds and nuts, small portions of proteins, but also fasting. I love, love fasting. I believe that it's very, very powerful way to um, detoxify and rejuvenate our body. So I like... Um, to talk about good nutrition, fasting, 
Uh, I like to talk about infrared sauna. I've got one here at home, which I use quite a lot uh, to sweat in a sauna. I like having cold baths on the Sunshine Coast. We've got this fantastic place called TLC in Sugar Road, and uh, they've got a cold uh, pool and a hot pool. And it's another way to improve, um, improve circulation and to help with detoxification. And obviously the herbs, which I prescribe. So I've got my own formula, which I like to prescribe to clean the liver. Uh, and it contains uh, lots of different herbs and green powders. And I love using that because I know that it's very pure and every ingredient is organic and it's very well absorbed. And I've seen amazing results when people are using it. So, um, yeah, um, what else? Drinking uh, pure water, alkaline um, water. Uh, the one I recommend is um, full of hydrogen. So there is lots of different factors. I believe that when we're talking about detoxification, there is not just one thing. There is so many different elements. Uh, as you mentioned before, there is relaxation, there is deep breathing. Uh, as I've mentioned nutrition, drinking water, um, even, you know, laughter and feeling good, feeling relaxed, taking shoes off. All of those things are very important when we're talking about getting rid of the toxins from the body. I guess as you do this more and as you practice these simple yet powerful strategies on a daily basis, you really are gifting yourself the greatest of all gifts, and that is your health. Do you think then health is part of self-love or is self-love the instigator for good health? And if so, what is your definition of self-love? Mm, what a great question. Self-love to me means that um, I'm taking care of myself on every level, on a, my physical body, my mental health, my spirituality, that I look after myself well. That means that I love my body, that I love myself, that also that I accept myself with all my flaws. That sometimes is a bit hard, but that's, that's what I'm working on. I'm still working on, on that, to completely accept myself. And also to surround myself with beautiful, inspiring, loving people who I know support and love me too. So creating that environment for myself, which is safe and um, beautiful and loving environment. And also what I love to do is that um, extend that self-love to others and share that love with my children, with my beautiful partner, with my clients, with my family, and uh, basically uh, share that, spread that love to all people around me. And being in service to people, I believe that in order to help others and serve others, uh, I need to take care of myself. I need to love myself and be the best version of myself to show up for them. Oh, 
It's so beautiful. (laughs) And in turn, that is what creates amazing health when we're taking care of ourselves. I heard someone say many years ago, health is your greatest asset. And you, my sweet, are the epitome of what it means to truly love and embrace and embody what it means to be healthy, happy, free, and strong in what you believe in. And I really admire that about you. And I want to thank you for being someone I look up to in my life. And Mm. I'm so glad to share you on this beautiful podcast. Is there a final message that you would love to give to the self-love podcast listener? He or she is driving, walking, listening to you right here, right now. And they would just love one of your final pearls of wisdom. You know, I often say that um, life is 10% what happens to us and 90% is how we react to it. So it's up to us how we see the world and what we do in the situation we're facing. So what I would like to say to finish off is that even in the current situation, it's difficult for us but we decide how we respond to it. Very, very powerful words. Is that your favourite quote you want to end on or do you happen to have another beautiful quote that you'd love to share with us? I've got so many quotes. (laughs) I am am obsessed. with quotes and uh, I used to write them in books I've got many many notebooks with quotes 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 I love them and they are in my toilet in my bathroom in my wardrobe in my car on my phone on my computer I just love quotes because they are just affirmations which are um, just you know we can look at something and then be reminded of certain Uh, mindset or or something we forgot to do and yes that is what I just said that is my favorite quote because I believe that if we just uh, remember to to know how to react and stay in a moment and say hang on a second what is actually happening is this person projecting something on me or can I change the current situation in the world or how can I best react to it then we can save ourselves a lot of stress and that is definitely my favorite quote life is 10% what happens to us and 90% is how we react to it I love that so much was actually the same quote I used in all my ultra marathon days. And it's amazing you say that on the day that I'm speaking to you to interview, because I'm also doing a water fast at the moment. And so there's no accident that you are my beautiful guest today as I'm doing this for my health and well-being. Is there something in particular I just love? Is there, apart from walking in nature, could you give us, Just I, I just want more from you, um, is there, you said to avoid dairy and gluten in the air, is that at all times or just until your gut is healed and can handle it or do you believe no one should eat dairy and gluten? Look, I can't say no one in the world can eat dairy and, and gluten because I can't give the same advice to everybody. But what I've noticed with, of people I come across here in my clinic is that they are having problems with gluten. 
So if your gut is working well and you've been fasting, like let's say you are fasting now and you're taking care of yourself and you're in good health, and then occasionally you go out and you have bread or it's sourdough or it's a good quality bread with unprocessed flour, which, you know, is organic. I think then the body can handle it. But if we buy the bread from the supermarket and we have it on a frequent basis, then I am afraid that it's difficult to digest. So everybody can make this decision for themselves as long as they observe the body and they can see how they're feeling after having gluten or dairy products. And uh, just one more word about um, drinking milk or eating cheese. People love cheese. When I say, don't eat cheese, please, they nearly cry here and they say, please, please, please don't stop me from eating cheese. I really love it. Um, the, the problem with that is that we want to decongest our body and we want to make our digestion as optimal as possible. So dairy products and gluten are very difficult to digest. So that's why we can have them maybe if our system is working well on occasion, but definitely not on a regular basis. That is my experience, not just my own, but with the people who are coming here. Thank you so much for clarifying that. I'm mm-hmm. sure there was a few listening to this going, oh, maybe. Um, <laughs> sweetheart, if people wanted to follow you, if they wanted to work with you, where can we find you? So my website is called detoxhouse.com.au and you can find all the details there on my website. I practice on the Sunshine Coast in Mountain Creek. I work from home now and also work online. I get quite a few Zoom and Skype calls. Um, So, yeah, people can contact me going to my website. So that's detoxhouse.com.au. Yes. Oh, Gosha Kuzhevsky. I've been practicing that. (laughs) I just want to say thank you, you beautiful soul. I love our laughs we have together. You are beautiful inside and out. Thank you for being on the Self Love Podcast. Thank you so much, Kim, for having me. I really enjoyed talking to you this morning. Beautiful soul. Big love. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Self Love Podcast. Be sure to write a review and share the love with your friends and family. And head over and visit Kim and her team at 28.com. That's the word 20 and the number 8.com. Take good care. This has been a production of TheWellnessCouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on Facebook.com forward slash TheWellnessCouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.